Before tonight's episode, I want to let you know about our supporters feed, Get Sleepy Premium, the best way to experience the show and get a good night's sleep. With Get Sleepy Premium, everything is ad-free. You'll receive a bonus episode every week and have full access to our entire back catalogue. Your support really helps and means so much to us. Simply tap the link in the show notes to learn more. Now, a quick word from our sponsors who make it possible for us to bring you two free episodes each week. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. I'm Tom, your host. Thanks for tuning in. Arif will be reading tonight's story, where we'll be exploring a magical cave with a curious young woman named Aaliyah. You might recognize parts of the story from the classic tale, Ali Baba and the Forty Thieves. But tonight's dreamy tale will be a little different. Let's make sure we're nicely settled for tonight's story. Make yourself comfortable. And when you're ready, take a deep breath in holding at the top, then gently release the air back out. Find a pace of breathing that feels natural and soothing, and just enjoy that calming rhythm for the next few moments. Often at night, various thoughts can play on our minds and keep us stimulated and distanced from good sleep. It can be difficult to know how to deal with and respond to these thoughts without feeling overwhelmed by them. But the key is to keep it simple. Each time a thought pops up in your mind, Acknowledge the thought, but just try saying, not now. By responding with not now, you're sending a signal to your brain that you've seen that thought 
but this is not the opportune time to deal with it. So it can gently float away, like a cloud drifting across a blue sky. And when you're better prepared to deal with that thought, it will come back to you during the day. So continue to breathe at a gentle pace and allow your mind to soften and settle. Now, invite your imagination to be your guide as you imagine a sprawling valley. A patchwork of green blankets the landscape indicating that this is lush farmland. Our story tonight begins in a place just like this. We are in a lovely valley, green with olive groves that have been here for hundreds of years. The trees don't produce much fruit anymore because they are so old, but they are beautiful with their twisted trunks and branches. There are small farms here in the valley Some produce olives from younger trees. Others grow wheat. The valley is on the outskirts of the kingdom of Walid. The king is kind and just, but it's a large county and not wealthy. Remote areas don't get much attention which makes the valley popular as a hiding place for outlaws. Our hero, though, is not an outlaw. She's a poor, honest, hardworking artist. Aaliyah lives with her mother and father in Bisbis, one of a handful of villages in the valley. Their cottage is one room. In the far corner at the back is the stove where her mother bakes bread to sell at the village market. Next to it is the table where her father weaves baskets, which he also sells. Against one wall is their big bed, and on the opposite side is Aaliyah's small bed, which she shares with her dog, Kalb. It's tidy and cozy, and the family is happy there. Outside, behind the cottage, is where Aaliyah creates her art. 
She loves to carve olive wood that she collects from the valley floor after windstorms. Aaliyah believes the twisted branches are a gift. She thanks the ancient trees as she picks up the windfall and invests time contemplating the shapes before carving what she sees trapped inside the wood. While her neighbors don't have extra money for art, the nearby village of Bilal is more prosperous. Aaliyah borrows her father's mule and travels there once a month for the arts and crafts market. Over time, she has become known in the valley for the quality of her carvings and usually manages to sell out each month. One beautiful summer day, a band of thieves rides through Bispis. But Aaliyah doesn't pay much attention. It happens so often, there isn't anything remarkable about it. They probably are headed to the nearby inn, she thinks. It's known for its good food and comfortable beds. But Aaliyah has other priorities. There was a windstorm recently, and she needs more wood. That's because she has a special commission. The client owns the flour mill in Bilal and is very wealthy. He wants a carving in honor of his favorite horse. If she can fulfill the commission, he might bring her steady business and recommend her to other wealthy clients. Aaliyah just needs to find a piece of wood with a horse inside she can see. Despite the outlaws, Aaliyah feels safe wandering the valley's ancient olive groves alone. The thieves know better than to ruin their good hiding place by bothering a villager and risking attracting the attention of the king. Besides, she has Kalb for company. Aaliyah walks slowly through the trees, enjoying the day. The sun is shining, but it isn't hot under the branches. The light is filtered and softened by millions of oval-shaped olive leaves. A light breeze cools her face, and she smiles as she anticipates many beautiful branches to collect. 
she just hopes one will work for her commission. Aaliyah's cloth bag is half filled with suitable wood when she hears a group of horses headed her way. While she isn't afraid of the outlaws, she knows she shouldn't talk to them. So Aaliyah calls Cobb over to her and tells him to be silent. They hide behind one of the largest, oldest trees, waiting for the group to pass. It's a large band of thieves, at least forty, and each on a beautiful horse. The outlaws are happy, and Aaliyah can see why. Each horse is laden with heavy bags, filled almost to bursting with their ill-gotten gains. The group is a mix of men and women. Each carries a long, curved sword in a scabbard around their waist. Some have daggers, too. They all wear loose, comfortable pants and shirts, and they're not in a hurry. The outlaws keep their horses at a walking pace as they laugh and joke amongst themselves. Aaliyah wonders where the thieves could be going with those heavy bags. There isn't anything in this part of the valley but old olive trees and a group of rocky hills. She stays behind her tree as the group comes to a halt in front of the tallest of those hills, about one hundred feet from where Aaliyah is hiding. The outlaw leader or so Aaliyah assumes, gets off her horse and looks around carefully. Then she walks up to the flat park of the rocky cliff face, stands in front of it, and whispers, Open, sesame. Aaliyah gasps as an opening in the cliff face magically appears. Luckily, a horse neighs at the same time, and the outlaws can't hear her reaction. The leader gets back on her horse, and the thieves enter one by one as Aaliyah watches in amazement. The opening disappears and becomes rock again after the last person on horseback goes through. Aaliyah knows she should take this opportunity to leave, but her curiosity is too great. She looks down at Cobb 
who has decided to take a nap. Aaliyah chooses to wait it out. She sits next to Cobb, her back resting against the tree, still hidden from view. She scratches the dog's ears, takes a deep breath of the clean, fresh air, and lets her mind wander as the sunshine and the light breeze put her to sleep. About an hour later, she's awakened by the sound of horses. The door has opened and the thieves emerge. Their bags now hang empty from the saddles. As the last outlaw on horseback exits the cave, the opening again disappears. The group heads back toward the village inn. Once they are out of sight, Aaliyah leaves Kalb, still napping next to the tree, and heads to the cliff face. She looks carefully for an opening, but there are no lines showing a door. No cracks reveal where the thieves entered. She runs her hand over the gray rock. It feels solid. She knocks on the cliff face. It sounds solid. There's no hint that anything is inside except more rock. But there's one thing Aaliyah hasn't tried. She stands back, takes a deep, calming breath, and says the words she heard the thief whisper. Open sesame. There is a quiet whooshing sound as the rock in front of her dissolves, revealing a cave. Aaliyah looks around to make sure nobody is watching before she steps inside the quiet darkness. As she crosses the threshold, Aaliyah hears the quiet whooshing sound again and looks back to see the cave opening turn into solid rock. She is now surrounded by pitch black silence. Soon, though, a soft light flickers next to her and slowly brightens. A torch on the wall glows with a smokeless flame. She sees more torches ahead of her flickering on, revealing a long, wide passage curving deep into the cave. 
Leah breathes deeply again. Once, twice, three times to calm herself. She's not completely sure she's awake, but she knows she must see what's at the end of the passage. She starts walking, slowly, following the torch-lit path. The passageway is wide and tall, perfect for people on horseback. Aaliyah notices the air is fresh. There must be an opening somewhere for ventilation. She wonders how such a cave could exist without any of the villagers knowing. How long has it been here? What kind of magic created an opening that disappears with a simple command? After minutes of walking, Aaliyah is eager to learn what's at the end of the passageway. A curve ahead shows she's coming to something much brighter than the gentle light of the torches. She starts to breathe a little faster, anticipating what she might find. Leah comes around the bend and stops. Mouth and eyes open wide. She has arrived at a huge cavern, filled with mounds of treasure. To her left are piles of golden coins. Some are small and thin, similar to what she gets for her best artwork. Others are as large as her palm. She picks up one of the largest, marveling at its weight, before letting it drop with a clinking sound back into the pile. To Aaliyah's right is a mountain of jewels. She has never seen a precious gem up close before. So she can't be sure what kind each is. But the colors are beautiful. Some are deep green. Others are bright red. The clear ones, she guesses, are diamonds. They are cut to reflect light, enhancing their beauty. She picks one stone up, examines it carefully, and lets it drop back into the pile. In front of Aaliyah, 
is a gallery of paintings on easels and sculptures on pedestals. These she takes her time examining. The canvases depict landscapes, still life, and portraits in deep, rich oil paints. They're held in ornate gilt frames. Each one is a masterpiece. The sculptures are carved from marble, and she marvels at the exquisite detail. She spends several minutes examining a tiny carved hand in hopes of improving her own skills through this study. There's much more in the cave. Furniture, hand-woven carpets, ceramics, all in their own sections. The cavern seems to go on forever. But Aaliyah knows it's time for her to leave. Her parents will worry if she's gone much longer. And Kalb probably has awakened by now and is looking for her. Aaliyah leaves the cavern and retraces her steps back toward the cave entrance. The torches dim and then go dark as she walks past. She hopes the magic words will allow her to leave the cave as easily as she entered. When she reaches her destination, the last torch still glowing, Aaliyah says the words, Open Sesame. But nothing happens. She says it again. Still nothing. She wonders what to do next when she hears a deep voice behind her say, What have you taken? Aaliyah turns quickly and sees a huge djinn glowering at her. He floats a foot off the ground, and the top of his head nearly reaches the ceiling. He's dressed in loose golden trousers with a wide silver belt studded with jewels. The djinn's skin is copper-colored and shimmers. His eyes are black, and over them are thick, forbidding brows. His strong arms are crossed over his chest. Again, he asks, What have you taken? Her eyes wide, barely able to answer, 
Aaliyah stammers as she tells him she took nothing. She turns her pockets inside out and opens her bag to show that she has nothing but olive branches. The djinn is perplexed. His job is to guard the cave from intruders who want to steal the treasure. He has no idea what to do with the visitor who comes to look, but not take. He asks why she didn't take anything, not even one small coin. Aaliyah says the cave is filled with stolen things. She can't take even a single item, because then she would be a thief too. The djinn had never met an honest person before. He has always been in service to thieves. This new way of thinking impresses him, and he wants to reward Aaliyah somehow. The djinn asks Aaliyah what she wants for herself. She thinks about it for a minute, and then says all she really wants is to go home after finding an olive branch that she can use to carve a beautiful horse for the miller. The djinn smiles at such a simple request. He nods and tells her to go home. The cave will open for her now. Aaliyah faces the opening and says the magic words one more time. A soft whooshing sound means the djinn had told the truth. She turns back to thank him, but he's disappeared as suddenly as he had appeared. Not wanting to take a chance on the door closing again, maybe for good this time, Aaliyah leaves the cave and immediately is greeted by a wagging kalb. She can see by the sun's position in the sky that she needs to start for her village now if she wants to get home before dark. She and Kalb wind their way through the olive trees, and she contemplates her strange adventure. A magic cave, piles of treasure, a gallery of beautiful art, and a djinn. She still isn't completely sure she'd been awake and not dreaming. As she walks, lost in thought, Aaliyah's foot catches on a large branch on the ground. 
she stumbles and almost falls, but catches herself in time. She looks down to see what tripped her. It's the perfect olive branch. She sees immediately that it will become a beautiful horse carving. Aaliyah looks back in the direction of the cave, now out of sight, and sends a silent thank you to the djinn. She now has exactly the treasure that she wants. When Aaliyah gets back home, she helps her father prepare the evening meal. And as the family eats, she tells her parents about her adventures. They are amazed, but her mother suggests she might have been dreaming while napping under the big olive tree. Maybe, Aaliyah says, but it certainly seemed real. And she did get the exact olive branch she was looking for, a gift from a djinn. The day's adventures have made Aaliyah tired, and she's ready for a good night's sleep. She says goodnight to her parents, each reading quietly by candlelight at the table. Aaliyah gets into bed, pulls up the warm blanket, and rests her head on the soft pillow. Kalb climbs up next to her, curls up against her side, and lays his head on her stomach. She closes her eyes and envisions the inside of the cave. Aaliyah paints a picture in her mind of the glittering mounds of gold and jewels. She recalls the magnificent paintings and sculptures on display in the lonely gallery. She thinks with kindness of the djinn, who rewarded her honesty with the only gift she truly desired. Perhaps she would carve something for him to show her gratitude and leave it outside the cave. She turns her thoughts to ancient olive trees with beautiful, twisted branches. She thinks about fresh breezes, dappled sunshine, and quiet walks with Kalb. And then, She drifts off to sleep.